Oh, man. What's happening, guys? Out there in uh, Internet Radio land, you're listening to episode 63 of Classic Leap. My name is Josh. You can call me the Gooch. I'm here with the other members of Classic Leap, all four of us. Uh, you got DB, Tony, and Scott, myself. We're ready to rock your eardrums in the second episode post-merger. How you guys doing? Good, man. Doing good, man. What's I'm going on? I'm currently kneeling before Zod, but I, otherwise <laughs> I am doing great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for introing us, Gooch. And we have some announcements to start the show. I'm going to hand it off to my good buddy, DB, here, uh, talking about voting for the very special contest we have going on right now. Yes, the Mortal Kombat vs. Street Fighter Challenge. After discussing it with everybody, we decided to extend the deadline by one week to give everybody a chance to get into the voting who do you think is going to win the contest, Ken Masters 2010, or is it going to be Scorpion from the Mortal Kombat series? Let us know at classicleet at gmail.com, or you can post it in the comment box, either at goochandthedouchebag.com or at classicleet.com on this podcast. And Gooch, one lucky winner is going to be winning themselves a free game from Gamersgate. Tell us what it is. It is the Majesty Collection, just an enormous amount of gameplay goodness. If you're into real-time strategy games or just, you know, real quirky, innovative, humorous PC games, you got to get this. I, I cannot believe, you know, we're going to extend another week. You guys are crazy. Just write in. Just, just say, you know, Scorpion. Say Ken Masters. Doesn't matter what. You will win a $20 awesome game courtesy of Gamersgate.com. Free of charge. Free of charge. Yeah, that's that's kind of how prizes work. <laughs> really? Oh, I would have entered more. <laughs> nice. Well, I also have another huge announcement for us this week, guys, and it seems like uh, we have a lot of announcements lately, but uh, we are now on GotGame.com. Did you know that? I heard Got it. Game. GotGame.com. Awesome, awesome gaming site. Um Really great traffic, really great content. You can go check it out. In addition to Glitched Out, we are also on Got Game now. You have to go check out this website. If you haven't done it for a long time, they've made a lot of changes, and they've asked us to become featured reviewers and podcasters on their show. So you can find us under the review section on the title menu. Also, under the audio section, you can find all of our podcasts. Uh, we just uploaded from episode 50 up, but they wrote us a couple weeks ago. We've been in negotiations with them, and we are now part of Got Game. We're just excited to be a part of uh, such a great group of people. Uh, pretty much all the content they produce is quality, so it's pretty exciting. Anyways, uh, now to another, the final announcement of the week. Guys, we have to address some of the mail we got post-merger post our first episode as a merger. And so we've discussed this. We've spent some time talking about it this week, and I'm just going to run through some bullet points that we came up with as a team um, just to address some of the criticism. Uh, first of all, we, we first of all want to say that we understand everyone who wrote in. Uh, we appreciate uh, you guys and gals taking time mm -hmm. to write in. Um, and I guess the easiest way to put it, as some of you put it in your mails, that you're trying not to write hate mail because you're our friends, but you're, you're offering some constructive criticism. And basically, there was probably uh, three or four negative emails that we received of people basically saying, don't merge, stop while you're ahead, and it's a bad idea. 
those kind of sum it up. And so we just wanted to address all of those in a positive manner. And uh, r- really three things. Uh, first of all, we want you to know that this was a group decision. Like it wasn't uh, Scott and I didn't drive to um, the secret world headquarters of GNDB in Kentucky, beat the crap out of them and force them to become part of Classic Elite. We actually, uh, we've been friends for a while. We've all been podcasting for a while. And we just started having discussions several weeks ago that it would be awesome to become a team. Um, we did not force uh, GNDB to, to come under the name of Classic Elite, but we decided, uh, all of us decided that just for um, reasons of contacting different companies and things like that, that we would just merge under the name of Classic Elite. So it was a group decision. Um, secondly, we did this because all four of us are very busy as well. Um, all four of us work full-time jobs outside of podcasting. Um, we all have very busy lives, and um, we thought that if all four of us were working together, we could produce better content for our listeners, uh, produce better reviews, and more quality as a team effort moving forward. And so we really joined uh, for you. We joined so we could produce a better show and better video content um, moving forward. And then I don't know if third is a word, but <laughs> I will say third, we are going to continue the merger. Um, and we want you to understand that we're continuing it with the mindset of changing the format of the show. This isn't just going to be classically doing retro and modern. This isn't going to just be GNDB doing the format of their show. We really want it to be fluid, and we want to allow things to change as needed, take the best parts of both shows, kind of merge them together, create a brand new format. And so we really... You know, we really want you to know that you can continue to give us feedback. You can hold off on the hate mail, and we're just asking you to give us a chance. Um, give us some feedback of things you would like to see in the show, because we did this with the agreement that we were going to kind of create a new format and a better show altogether. So we just wanted to explain, kind of lay out the reasons why we did the merger and that we are going to continue to do it, um, and we hope that everyone will continue to listen. So there you go, guys. Any further comments? I'm just I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be pretty fun going forward. So I'm sticking through to the end. I don't care what they say. They can't take me away. <laughs> You're Plus, fired. Life odds. Oh, <laughs> I think you said it perfectly, Tony. It wraps up everything what you just said. We're taking the positive of Classic Elite Radio and taking the class uh, the positive of G and DB Radio, combining them into one, and we're we're pulling all of our resources together as one. It, it's going to make one great podcast. It may take a little time for us to get the groove of things, but once we hit our stride, bam, there's going to be no looking back. And it, it We're going to set records. I swear. We, we're going to do <laughs> stuff that's never been done before on the Internet. Oh. And everything's already been done, so we're going to almost reinvent it. Yes, we're going to be illegal in Hawaii. That's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we are close. Yes. We are, we are, we are so close. I have a coconut bra. Oh, gosh. I've seen it. It's not pretty. DB's touched it. (laughs) I got it from him. (laughs) So, but anyways, thank you so much. Like DB said, give us time, and we promise we are going to work hard to to make it better. But it's already been such an amazing, amazing thing, having all four of us working together. It's been fun. We, We talk every day through Skype and through messages. Um, I, I guess another announcement is, you know, one of the things I was going to cover is that we're actually going to join forces this weekend and be at the Matsuricon, 
um, which is an anime and gaming con in Columbus, Ohio. And Scott's not able to make it, but actually myself, um, Gooch, and DB Woo! will be in Columbus, Ohio for the Matt Syracon. And uh, DB, what are you going to dress up as, buddy? I've got my Mass Effect 2 shirt ready to go, but dressing up, I never really thought about it. We, He's we, female Shepherd. Yes. Female Shepherd. <laughs> we may get thrown out because the voice, uh, what, what's her name again? Oh, Jennifer Hale. Jennifer Hale is going to be there. We're going to try to interview her. Um, we might get thrown out because DB is going to be harassing her about Mass Effect 3. Is this right? <laughs> Maybe that. And also Doug Walker is going to be there, uh, that guy with the glasses. We were able to get him on for an interview a few episodes ago back on GNDB Radio. So maybe we can sit down and chat with him for a few minutes. But I'm I'm thinking he might be a little bit more tied up. But hey, I've got my fingers crossed. That's right. But we're, we're going to be there just covering the con, doing some gaming, uh, handing out some prizes. It's it's going to be really sweet. I'm pretty excited about it. So you need if you live in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Pennsylvania, if you're coming to the Matt Suricon, uh, come check us out. Come stop at our booth. We're going to have a booth in the gaming section. Um, you can check out more at the org website, and we'll post a link to that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. I'm really excited about it. So. That's right. You're not going to miss Tony. He's, he's got to be the tallest guy there. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to have a, a plus-size Mario shirt on or a plus-size Sonic shirt. I haven't decided yet. So, <laughs> yes. I represent the best of those characters once they've quit uh, starring in games and put on a lot of weight. So, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good. So, all right. Uh, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, we're just going to try to do kind of a different format this week. We're not breaking it into retro and modern. We're just all taking a little section for conversation. And we're just going to um, talk about things that are happening in the gaming industry and then also some retro and modern stuff for both of us. And, uh, guys, I have to start this week. It's not in my show notes, but by saying that Sony is dropping the price of the PlayStation 3, $250. That's pretty good. What do you guys think of that? Um, I think uh, I got mine a little too early because I paid like 400 Actually, my girlfriend paid $400 uh, out of my checking account. So, anyway, that's awesome. For nobody, yeah. For nobody that has a PS3, this is the perfect time to go out and pick one up. And if this, as a bonus, you're getting yourself a Blu-ray player. I mean, okay. it's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, you're just getting yourself a Blu-ray player. In some cases, you're getting yourself a really sweet gaming console. So, But anyways, so yeah, definitely great time to buy a PS3, as DB said. Um, also, I have to talk about some stuff that's been happening around uh, around the house here, guys. I've been adding to my retro collection. Um, as some of our listeners know, we moved into a new house, uh, man, I don't know, four or five months ago. And um, I did a uh, Garage Sale 1 uh, pickups video a couple months back of some awesome deals I'd found at garage sales. I go to a lot of garage yard sales in the summertime. As much as I can, and that's pretty much where I find my uh, retro collection. And uh, Critical Failure actually uh, made fun of me in a post because I was filming the garage sale video from the basement because that's pretty much where all my retro gaming stuff is. We have no other rooms in the house, and it's kind of a cellar basement. It's dry, but uh, you know it's got cement walls, the water heater sticking out, all that stuff. And uh, Critical Failure asked me when I was going to review the water heater and the furnace. <laughs> um, so I don't talk to him anymore. 
<laughs> Man, but, I was waiting uh, on those reviews. Yes, but anyways, uh, I finally unpacked all of the bins of retro stuff and had it all organized and, and found out that my retro collection, I've been picking up a lot at the local game store since we moved to town, and I just keep putting it into bins. And I pulled everything out, and it was just really amazing, all the stuff I've collected. So I'm going to try to do a video, but the gaming basement is complete. And uh, this weekend, I actually was on Craigslist, and uh, there's a town close to us called Mansfield, Ohio. Um, and our, like our specific town doesn't have a Craigslist, but you know, it, like Mansfield's the next closest town that does. And they said they had a Magnavox Odyssey 2 in box with three boxed games for $15. And I'm thinking like, what kind of place is this? You know, that's a pretty good deal. And so I actually had to go um, through that town on the way to visit my uh, my mom this past weekend. And so I decided to stop at the shop. And here it's like a, a, a pawn shop, but it's only for coins and jewelry. And so, like, they must have taken some of these systems and trade towards, like, some coins or something. I don't know, but you could tell it definitely wasn't your normal pawn shop and it definitely wasn't a lot of uh, gaming stuff in there. And so I go back and I'll, like it tucked away in this back corner. The, the lady shows me they have a Magnavox Odyssey 2. It was in box with the games. No one had touched it. No one had called about it. And in addition to that, they had an Atari 400 with a tape drive attachment. Both of those were in the original boxes in great shape. And then 30 boxed games. And I said, how much do you want for the Atari? And they said, 60 bucks. And I looked at the, she goes, but you can make an offer. Because I was, you know, I did my uh, kind of Shady J from the Game Chasers thing where I just stared at the person. And I was like, <laughs> really? And she's like, you can make an offer. And I said, I said, 30. <laughs> I cut it in half. And I'm thinking she's going to laugh in my face. Well, she calls the guy over who runs the shop, and he looks at it, and he's like, how much do we have it listed for? And at that point, I knew they had no idea how much the stuff was worth. And uh, she said, it's listed for 60 but the guy said he'll give us 30 And he goes, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, sweet. So for $45, I got an Atari 400 tape drive in boxes, 30 box games, Magnavox Odyssey 2 in-box with three-box games. Pretty sweet stuff to add to the collection. I mean, those are some old systems there, so pretty awesome. So what's the oldest system you guys have in your collection? I've never even heard of an Atari 400. The oldest thing in my system is my uh, my original NES from when I was in kindergarten. Yeah, I have to concur. That's the oldest system I have lying around is my NES. I've got a 2600. Uh... I've got an Intellivision somewhere, and also I've got a Vectrex somewhere in this place. I just don't know where I put them. Nice. Uh-oh, <laughs> don't have DB and, and Gooch talk about the Vectrex. Yeah, I, I could care less what that thing is, honestly. It's it's in here somewhere. It's, I'm probably using it as a doorstop a bit or a paperweight. <laughs> Jeez. Just dog it, why don't you? Hey, they actually sell Vectrex games on J2 Games. So there you go. You can they do. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. So that's my uh, collection for this week. And I just want to tell you one last thing, what I'm excited about this week. I'm excited about Deus Ex Human Revolution. And you know why? Because I got the review copy in the mail today. Yes. 
And for free! Bam! Just happens that me, G, and DB. <laughs> that sounds like a movie title. Like, it know. sounds like a Dr. Seuss book I just read, Mike. <laughs> uh, but we are going to be hanging out all night Friday night, getting up early, going to the Matsurikon. And so we've decided that we are going to do a, a group review of Deus Ex Human Revolution. I'm pretty excited about that. Are you guys? Yes, I, I am pumped for the third installment of Deus Ex. This is going to be one rocking weekend. Totally it's, pumped. Totally pumped. We're going to be playing Deus Ex, drinking either Natural Light or Red Stripe, whatever they sell in Chillicothe. Just having a good time. <laughs> it's either it's either or. Yes. Or Pepsi. <laughs> yes. Or, or. No, no Pepsi. You're going to be a man this weekend. That's right. That may be the hardest thing they sell up there. It you guys might be. need to bring up some moonshine. Yeah, it might be. So, yeah, al- alcohol is still outlawed in Chillicothe, and really, yeah, they're still living in the 1920s. I think ACDC Back in Black was just released there last week. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, is that county? No, it's not. I'm joking. Okay. Well, <laughs> like where Miami is, uh, in Oxford, that's a dry county. Really? Like, yeah. Or somewhere around there is yeah. Over half the state of Kentucky is a dry, dry state. Over half the counties are. That's messed up. I don't like that. Like, it's only on Sundays that I want to drink. I kid you not. And then I'm like, man, I'm out of luck. This sucks. <laughs> and I'm not going to drive to Ohio. No offense, guys, but I endanger my life every time I cross the river. <laughs> it's scary territory when I get over there. Now, you do know where we're going this weekend, right? I know. We're going to Ohio, but it's it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You know, uh, I'm Tony not will even protect us. Comment on that. Yeah, us, us Yankees up here are so intimidating. Oh yes, yes. we're so. It's hard. only when you're we're behind 50 the miles the, from the wheel. It's so different. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Anyways, okay, so that's all I have for this week, and I am going to, before I hand it over to my wonderful co-host, I'm going to introduce our interview for this week, and I'm probably going to say the guy's name wrong. Uh, because he had to correct me like three times during the interview. But I am so excited. As you know, we have been working with GamersGate.com for a long time. Literally, guys, the best in PC downloadable content games that you can get. They have so many exciting things going on over there. We just had to get them on our show. We have more exciting interviews uh, lined up. And this is just continuing in that streak of long, great interviews we've had since episode 50. Um, we want to welcome Gustav Nicer to the show. He is uh, working directly with Gamersgate, and he's going to tell us about what they got going on. I'm really excited about our next guest. Um, as you know, each week on the show, Scott and I talk about Gamersgate and how excited we are um, to work with Gamersgate to review some of their PC games. And they are a digital distribution service. And we are lucky enough to have Gustav Nisser with us, the business developer at Gamersgate. How are you doing today, Gustav? I'm great, thanks. And you? Uh, we are doing great, and thank you so much for being willing to take some of your time to be on our show this week. Sure, anytime. All righty, well, we're going to get started with some questions here. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, including your history with gaming and how you came to work in the gaming industry. Um, my history with gaming, I think it goes back... Um to be honest, I think I think the sort of first 
game I can really remember playing is uh, Rayman back back when uh, back on my first first ever PC. Okay. Um, but the first one I really got stuck for was uh, Baldur's Gate. So I've been a huge huge fan of that series and everything around oh, it. That's um, fantastic game. Yeah, incredible. And uh, actually, I've, I've been working on it for a while, but we finally got them up on Gamers Gate, so I'm pretty thrilled about that. Oh yeah, I saw um, you have all the uh, the packs up there, as including Icewind Dale and uh, some of the others as well, correct? Yep, Icewind Dale is actually one of the ones that I missed back in the day, so I'm <laughs> playing through that right now. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's sort of how I, how I got into gaming, and ever ever since then I've been uh, been a massive massive gamer. Um, mostly PC, not so much console. Uh, back in the day, I used to be with uh, PlayStation. Now I've gone over to Xbox, and probably going to be hitting over PS3 soon. Though. Um, I've I've always sort of looked for a way into the industry. Um, for a while, I, I was looking at going into 3D animation or maybe going into game design, something like that. And I, I figured to to get into the gaming industry, I had to have I had to sort of be a programmer or or, or know about how to do all the technical stuff, um, but I could never really be—I uh, can never really sort of force my force myself through several years of, of, of uh, pretty tough education just to just to do something that I kind of liked. In. Yeah. Uh, so so I sort of I just went my own way and ended up uh, sort of doing the the entrepreneurship road. So I ran a marketing company and a, and a business hotel and. Um, did a bunch of other things, lots of different projects, and worked with uh, lots of different companies. Uh, still have a couple of a couple of my own. And one day I was working with the uh, Swedish Game Awards, uh, which is a pretty cool uh, competition for indie game developers here in Sweden. Um, they actually have some incredible contributions every year. And if you ever get the chance to check it out, uh, I think they have sort of demos up up available and things like that. Okay. Uh, and the competition uh, ends sometime around sort of. May, June, every year. So that's so that it's um, hottest. Um, so I was working with them, looking at sort of how you can develop entrepreneurship and help, especially indie gamers, um, finish their games and sort of and sort of get into the industry properly and uh, start running their their game development as a business and, and actually managing to make something of it. Um, and round about this time, Gamersgate started looking for somebody to to develop. Develop Gamersgate down and sort of keep us moving forward. And that's uh, when they got in touch with me and pulled me in. So uh, that's sort of how I, how I got into the into the industry, into the industry. Okay. Well, tell us a little a uh, little bit more about Gamersgate. Obviously, it's a it's a growing company. It's very exciting. Uh, huge in the digital distribution and delivery service. So tell us a little bit about Gamersgate, how it was started, and um, how it works with companies like and services like Steam, or what differentiates it from Steam? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, games get started. I think I'm not entirely sure about the history. I mean, I, I'm not. I can't. I don't know exactly when Steam started or when some of the other services started. But as far as I know, Gamerscape was one of the first. We, um, the way it started was. Paradox Interactive, um, publishers and developers that, that a lot of you probably know about, um, uh-huh. made, made Hearts of Iron and Victoria, Europa Universalis, Magica, their latest yeah. uh, blockbuster. Um, they got a bunch of requests from some uh, customers living sort of in, in more remote areas saying that they couldn't find their games in the store, they couldn't find the Paradox games in the store, 
and they really, really wanted to buy them, but, but, but you know, they couldn't find them anywhere, and the, the only way for them to get at them was sort of pirated versions, so they wanted to pay for them. Um, so, so sort of through that request, and it was only a couple of users, Paradox, I think, set up an FTP server, where these guys could could then go in and download the games oh, and, wow. and sort of pay into a PayPal account. I mean, this was this was really really um, this was really really basic and really oh yeah for sure. <laughs> it, yeah. And it was, um, but then suddenly this sort of started becoming people. A couple of people found out about this and started getting more popular. A lot of people wanted to wanted to use that way of getting a hold of the games. And after a while, you know, another couple of uh, some other publishers um, got in touch with Paradox and said, yeah, you know, um, can't. Could you uh, could you hook our games up with that? That looked it seems like a cool system. Um, so Paradox realized that yeah, this this is a little bit more than just an extra extra value for for our favorite customers, um, and started up uh, a a separate company uh, then owned by Paradox um, under the name Gamers Gate, two separate worlds, um, and since then it's just sort of grown. Um, a few years ago, we we were founded officially in 2006. Okay. And not long after that, actually, we we separated from Paradox. So I mean, now we're completely self-owned. We have we have nothing uh, officially to do with Paradox. It's also which which I think is really really good because I I I would have a hard time working with other publishers when when we're we're owned by one publisher. It would feel very very weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and we want to have a great relationship with all of our all of our partners. Um, so, so I think this is this is much better, and much much easier for us as well. Okay. Uh, and I mean, sort of on the market, we we look to we want to be sort of a, a mass market. We we want to be able to offer every single if a game is made, uh, and if and if the developers want people to be able to pay for it and play it, then we want to be able to offer that game. That's the sort of basics we want. So we want every single game that we can get our hands on, um, and we want to provide a service that's accessible to everybody in the world. And we also want to keep it basic. Uh, we want to keep it basic. We want to keep it relatively simple to use. So it's um, that's why we, we we actually started out with a client, but then got rid of that pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, so so I mean we're we're browser based. Um, contrary, to, if if you want to compare it with Steam, we're we're, we're browser based compared to client based. So you just buy the game and download it, um, and you'll find the details of the game, like CD key and stuff, on your account on the web browser. And otherwise, sort of Gamersgate really has nothing to do with the game itself. So, from a content perspective, what uh, unique things can a PC and Mac gamer find on Gamersgate, and what are some of the things that you hope to add in the future? Um, well, as I said, the aim is to have sort of every game available. So. My hope is that if if there's a game that you want, then you will be able to find it on Gamersgate. Okay. Uh, that's that's my hope. Uh, yeah, I really. That, that, that's our aim. Uh, then it's then it's up to the publishers if they decide sort of that they want to go with specific uh, distributors or, or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things I really appreciate about Gamersgate is not only the modern games that you have and like the new releases and up to date things, but you know I'm a huge retro gamer too. So I love being able to go through your backlog and take a look at some of the older games that you have. You know, like uh, I recently added um, the Sega Genesis Mega Drive collection to my account, and yeah. really, yeah, really enjoy that a lot. So 
um, it's it's nice to have that balance of both retro and modern, which is something uh, that we really appreciate here at Classic Elite. So um, I did notice that you recently redesigned the website, though. Um, so what are some of the new features you were hoping to accomplish with the website? Yeah. Um, well, basically what we want to do is we want to make it a little bit more fun. Um, also, I figured that I thought the, the old website was... This has been a work in progress for a long time. Um, so, I mean, the, the old website, we just sort of kept adding features and kept adding more ways to search for games and, and just more and more stuff, and it was just sort of piling on um, and cluttering up the website. Um, in my opinion, it was, it was sort of very cluttered, uh, very muddled. Um, so now what we've gone for is sort of a cleaner design. Um, hopefully it should make everything much, much easier. It should make everything much more streamlined. Um, we've also incorporated a bunch of new features. A couple of them from, from requests that we've been getting in from users. Uh, a couple that we really wanted to do because we think they're fun. Um, and a few things to really just sort of streamline and, and, and help the experience at Gamerscapes. Um, two of the main features that we've hooked up are achievements and minions. Um, achievements, uh, I'm guessing everybody listening to this is going to know what an achievement is. Yes. Um, the achievements are tied to the website, though, not tied to the actual games. So if you do something in-game, that's never going to be tied to an achievement. Uh, it's the downside of, of not having a client. Um, but so the, this is going to have to do with the, the activity on the website. And we have a sort of very, very advanced loyalty program with different levels and different uh, bonuses you get, uh, depending on what level you are. And the achievements will be tied to things like uh, using social media, um, chatting with your buddies on Gamersgate or your collecting buddies on Gamersgate, um, obviously games that you buy, or different collections, um, pre-orders, um, helping out on the game tutor, which is where you answer questions that other people ask about a game, uh, anything from help with installation to beating a final boss. Uh, it's So the achievements are really going to cover everything you can do on the site, and we see it as a way of rewarding activity as well as um, highlighting what there is to do. Um, we're hoping that people are going to be looking at the achievements and, and, and sort of finding new things to do on the website through them. Uh, minions. Minions are going to be sort of an avatar um, type thing that represents you or the website or us staff members um, when you're at the website and even outside the website in some, in some cases. Um, I gotta be careful here to not, not say too much, cause yeah. there's a lot of things that we, that we want to do with the minions, there's a lot of things that we're going to do, um, those don't always match, and, and I have a lot of plans for the minions. Okay. And sometimes I have a hard time keeping reality from, from future crazy plans. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but right now you, you have, uh, I think it's five different minions to choose from, and each of those minions is tied to a specific genre or, or group of genres. And if you have, say, the uh, strategy and adventure minion, that will give you extra bonuses when you buy strategy and adventure games. Wow. Okay. So, so that's, it's, that's that's sort of how that works at the moment. Yeah. So it's still kind of tied. Um, so both things that you've done with the minions and achievements are kind of like the way to add those things in a web-based service um, kind of thing and still make it exciting, fun, uh, and fun for the users. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really, that's really awesome. Um, you did mention to me last week when we were exchanging some emails that uh, Gamersgate will be releasing uh, a service called Free Games. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about that, uh, what it is, and when we can expect it to be released? 
it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's it's free games. Um, it's uh, the way we look at it. The the entertainment industry has been seeing a new business model growing the last uh, last few years, which is the ad finance model. Um, that is, you you know, you get access to content, uh, music, a movie, or, or in this case, a game, and instead of paying for it, you just watch a couple of ads or see or hear a couple of ads, depending on what kind of media it is, um, and that finances your usage of of of, of the item. Um, so free games is going to be ad financed gaming. Um, we're going to have a selection. I mean, our catalog is about I think it's over three and a half thousand games now. Um, so we're going to have, to start with, maybe only about 50 of them, but we're looking to increase that to maybe about two, 300 in total uh, by the end of next year. Oh, and wow. those are then going to be available for completely free download. Um, and it'll be a slightly different section of the site, gamerscape.com slash free games. Um, and there'll be a couple of banner ads on the site. And in the downloader or the installer, um, there'll also be a couple of ads. And then every time you launch the game, uh, you'll watch uh, two or three ads, and then you'll just play the game as usual. So that's that's how that's going to work. And that's a brilliant idea. Thank you. We we we, ho- we hope so. Uh, we we really really hope this is going to grow. I mean, obviously, the more people who use this and the more they use it, um, the more we're going to be able to do with it. Mm-hmm. If we have if we have ten people in there using it, we're going to end up with with just a couple of games. But if we can get lots and lots of people using this. We're going to be able to pull some really, really great games in that. Well, I, I think it's an attractive idea because, I mean, I don't mind watching a couple ads or having a couple ads even in game. Just the ability to have the game for free is important, you know. <laughs> yeah. So and this is exactly what we're thinking. And, yeah. And sort of, this is this is often. I mean, often. I mean, I, I look at sort of my, my gaming time, and you know, I'll, I'll buy a certain number of games every year, every month, or whatever, and. But, you know, somewhere I have a budget. Somewhere I have a budget where I go, I cannot spend any more money than this oh, yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's loads and loads of games that I still want to play, that I still want to, I still want to go through. Um, and so in my opinion, free games gives me the chance to do that. Um, it gives me the chance to play games that I otherwise would have sort of prioritized away because I would rather spend money on something else. Um, so, so I'm going to sort of just get Greater ability to play more games that I might not otherwise have played, and and, um, and also sort of um, one thing that that I'm, that I'm really excited about is is catching up on franchises. Um, so I mean, let's say uh, without naming any titles, let's say Super Awesome Game Four is coming out, yeah. and um, you you starting to get really excited about it, but but there's sort of this big story. And, and you've missed out on the previous titles. Um, there, I'm also sort of hoping that free games is going to be a way for you to go back and play through like number one and number two, um, and and sort of get into the story and, and get into the game, uh, giving you a way to catch up on the franchise before you just jump into the latest uh, latest edition. Um, yeah, I've actually yeah. been doing that with some titles on your service, so uh, definitely playing through some of the previous releases before the new one comes out. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's and then, awesome. And then, of course, sort of a try before you buy model. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in a way, it's there's sort of advanced demos. Um, I mean, a demo will give you like two levels of a game. Free games will give you the whole game. Um, so there, you can try out as much as you want, and, and then if you want to, you can still buy it. Um, yeah, that's up to you if you if you want to sort of just 
throw some more money at the at the at the, at the um, developers and uh, sort of keep them making more games. When will free games be released? Our current launch date is first of September, so okay. in less than a month, in about three four weeks. Well, that's exciting. I'll definitely be looking forward to that. So, um, yeah. that that is uh, all the questions I have. I just want to thank you again, uh, once again, uh, Gustav Nicer, for coming on the show. He's the business developer at Gamersgate. Um, we really appreciate what Gamersgate does, and we hope to continue to support you guys in the future. Thank you. Uh, I hope to keep working with you guys in the future. Uh, I do listen to your podcast, or I've started to in the last couple of weeks. Oh, well, great. It's good to have another listener. And uh, thanks again for being on the show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Great. Take care. Hello, I'm Gareth von Kallenbach, creator, editor, and lead reviewer for Skewed and Reviewed and Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine. Nearly ten years ago, I started the site as we wanted to do something fresh and original that differed from what was available online. We offer film, game, travel, entertainment, technology, and hardware reviews that are fair, honest, and unbiased. We also have special contests and events, and we hope you'll check us out at sknr.net. All right, and we are back. Tony, uh, another great job with the interview, and, and Gustav, thank you very much for coming on. It was a pleasure to have Gamersgate actually on the show since we talk about you guys weekly. And uh, speaking of Gamersgate, we have a couple of deals that we need to highlight because the summer sale at Gamersgate is currently in week three, and uh, we've picked out two games that we want to highlight specifically, and one is uh, The Witcher Enhanced Edition, which is only $3.99 right now. Uh, that's a game that, that got quite a bit of praise, so if you're interested in checking it out, uh, $3.99 is really a, a can't-miss price. And also, Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light is only seven fifty. Uh, so, if you have any interest in either of those series, I would definitely head over to Gamersgate because, boy, you can get both for well under fifteen dollars and have a ton of gameplay there. So, uh, thank you very much again for for coming on the show. We are excited to be uh, partners with, with Gamersgate, and uh, those are some awesome deals here in the summer sale. So we have got some awesome discussion that uh, Gooch and DB are going to lead us with, and without spoiling it, I will go ahead and just hand the reins over to Gooch, because uh, unfortunately, part of this is going to be a little painful for me. I'm, I'm nervous about some spoilers, but uh, then it's going to transition <laughs> into uh, uh, a sweet movie. Yeah, I was definitely nervous when I saw this pop up on the show notes. Uh, I, I was actually going to, to leave and have you guys text me uh, when I should come back. And then I realized that I'm going to be doing the editing, so it would be spoiled for me anyways. So it's like, ah, whatever. I'll just I'll, I'll just wait to play the game uh, a lot longer down the road, so I'll forget about most of what you talked about. So, Gooch, what, what game am I nervous about you guys spoiling for me? It is Hello Kitty Online. <laughs> no, I'm Island kidding. Adventure 2. <laughs> the new MMO. The cat of your choice. <laughs> That's right. Now, the uh, the game that um, that we're going to be talking about is actually a collection of games uh, all together make up the Back to the Future, the game. It, it is five episodes from Telltale. Uh, me and DB recently played through the fifth and final episode, uh, completing the entire series, and wow, uh, it was amazing. What a just, just phenomenal job these guys did on this. I mean, what do you think, DB? It took us a little bit longer than, than we expected to get through all five episodes. 
But this is a game that is definitely a must-have for any fan of the of the Back to the Future franchise. This is a, a, a very good – this could actually turn into a great Back to the Future part four. But my recommendation to everyone is buy them all at one time. Don't just buy one episode individually. Buy them all at once so you have them right there. And if you're like us, you, you'll get to the point to where you'll be so addicted to it, you're not going to want to stop. You want to go through all the episodes at once just to see what happens in the story. And, and what a story it is. Like, we're talking about how great it is. It, it might as well. I mean, for me personally, this is part four. That's what it is for me. And this is the fourth and what I think should be final installment, you know, to the trilogy. But now the, what do you call it, the quadrilogy? Is that right? <laughs> that term? Yeah. I'm just making up words today. <laughs> it's so good. And we don't want to give away spoilers. We want to really try and refrain. But just, I mean... Episode four was fantastic. Episode five is now my favorite. I, I really like the second and first ones, but no, the way they wrap this whole series up, because it, it goes in so many directions. You know, it goes back in time, it goes forward in time, it talks about the present, and then it gets to uh, the the how do I say this? It gets to a point where you have no idea how they're going to end it. You have no clue, and then the way they do it is is with such class and finesse and care to the actual you know uh series and in, in, in the entire franchise i could not have thought of a better way to, to wrap it all up and still leave it open for more if they want to do another uh series of games i really like the fifth episode but i'm still a little bit more partial to the very first episode uh maybe it's just so much of an anticipation of actually getting a great back to the future game and just everything coming together at once when they go back to the 1920s with the bootleggers. But I do agree with you, Gooch. The fifth episode really wraps everything up, and we actually get to hear Michael J. Fox as he comes in from – it's not really even a cameo appearance. He's in for a good chunk of the game. And then the final, like the very final scene, oh, wow. It's just retro no. city. <laughs> we can't say a single word about it. Let's just say the last five minutes of this series – is worth sitting through the entire thing for approximately 20 hours. I mean, it, it just pays off so incredibly well. And, oh, man. And then Michael J. Fox, like you're saying, he comes in a big, big role in, in the fifth episode. And uh, not spoiling it, but he does not play just one character. He plays multiple characters. And he does a really great job, and it further lets you know how good this uh, the kid who's doing the impersonation of Michael J. Fox, how good he is, hearing them like, you know, go back and forth like he's talking to himself, kind of, you know? Here in between uh, the actor uh, portraying Michael J. Fox and Michael J. Fox playing the <laughs> other characters, <laughs> it's dead on. I, I, even with the disease that Michael J. Fox has, he still does a fabulous job. And then you throw in the, the voice talents of uh, Christopher Lloyd being Doc Brown. I, the story's phenomenal. The Control, it's a point-and-click game. Marty still looks like he's walking around with a corn cob shoved up his butt. Marty! <laughs> you're not, <laughs> Marty, get that corn cob out of your butt! You know, you're not playing for the Control. <laughs> you're playing for the store. And it's... Will it be mentioned in maybe story like story of the year when we do our end-of-the-year award ceremony? Yes. Maybe not. No, no, no yes. The movie <laughs> time game of the year? Oh, definitely. It's going to be nominated for that. So you are playing definitely the story oh yeah and then the, the dialogue the conversations are really good uh the fifth episode starts off kind of slow in comparison to the other episodes because there's not 
this was not so much about action. It's more about like tying up loose ends and making sure everything is tucked away nice and neatly. The puzzles are a lot better, though. It, it seems like what I really like about it, in the first game, the puzzles literally are like they came out of like the 1980s, 1990s puzzle adventure games. They don't make any sense. You have like one item that you use over and over and over again and, in weird ways. And then by the fifth episode, everything's a lot more intuitive and it just flows really well. I, I can't recommend it enough. And the craziest thing of all, I just realized this. If you go to Gamers Gate right now, it's on sale for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. It's nine ninety eight for the entire collection. I was just gonna mention that. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that when we're done recording. I've been waiting for it to go on sale at Gamers Gate, so yeah, I'll be downloading that tonight then. Awesome. Hell of a deal. Okay. It really is. The fourth episode's puzzles are kind of wonky. Do you remember that, Gooch? Yeah, there, I remember that we, we had a couple problems there. There was a um, oh gosh, I don't want to ruin it. There was a fair going on, and the way they had you interact with some of the different uh, areas in the fair, it, it just it was kind of weird. Yeah, we actually had to use the hint system, which is nice. Uh, it doesn't penalize you in any way. You can get all the hints you want, take some of the fun out, but yeah, that was um. I remember, yeah, we we, we uh, got stumped like three times, I think, in episode four. So, yeah, it still also- does. Yeah, it doesn't take away from the game. And the running joke with the algae cakes. Yes. Oh, see, now we're getting spoiler territory. Just stop. <laughs> no more. It is so good. Oh, and the, just, It makes your teeth green. That's yeah. just saying. <laughs> you guys are cracking me up. You're like... You're like at the beginning of a of a gossiping conversation. You're like, okay, I can't I can't really tell you very much. And then like 20 minutes later, you've told us the entire story. <laughs> what the, what I don't want to tell you like everyone dies, because that would ruin the ending. Oh, crap. Yeah, the world ends. <laughs> What we're going to have to do, Gooch, is wait for Scott and Tony to go back and play it themselves, and then we can have like a big massive group discussion on it. Spoiler cast. Yeah. I'm not playing it. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> we'll tell you after the show. Um, <laughs> are you a big fan of the series, the movies? Yes. Sweet. Then you'll, you'll really dig what we're going to tell you what happens at the end. Awesome. Sweet. DB, I wanted to ask you, each episode, does it does it really feel almost like a chapter of a book, or does it feel almost like part of its own own game do they does the gameplay change a lot chapters of a book you described it perfectly to okay. me it feels like an individual chapter but they all tie in together um i think uh gooch would you agree with that yeah yeah i mean it's almost like the like a book like or acts of a movie like they all every one ends in a really good way that kind of leaves you wondering what's going to happen in the next episode but not in a way like if you played them back to back or if it was a movie and you watched it seamlessly it wouldn't be out of place. They just they found perfect areas to just kind of cut the story off and let you wonder for a couple months. Nice. Now, for $10 at Gamersgate, that is a remarkable deal because you're looking at probably three to four hours of gameplay per episode. Now, that includes going through all the dialogue trees, trying to max out everything you can. But in these type of games, you want to experience all the voice acting. You could zoom through it and probably get through it within maybe two hours, but you're you're doing yourselves uh, – a uh, a dissatisfaction if you do that. You're playing for the story itself, and as with the voice acting. So, you know, take five episodes, multiply that by four. Uh, you got 20 hours of gameplay right there for just ten dollars. You're stealing money from Telltale Games <laughs> at that price. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and make that the deal of the week. Uh, I definitely want to highlight that since it's only ten dollars. I've been waiting for it, so I'm glad that it came up because 
Uh, I, I loved the first episode, so I've been really eager to play the rest of them. And I didn't want to just get it through Steam or directly from Telltale. I, I definitely wanted to wait for uh, Gamersgate to have it. I know that eventually that they were going to have the best price, and I guess today is the day. So that's sweet. You guys have me pumped up for it. Tony, you got to get it now. You're going to be left out in the crowd. No, thanks. <laughs> just cold. No. I don't do those point-and-click games. Not enough action. I don't know. Sorry. The graphics aren't good enough. If it doesn't look good, Tony doesn't want to de- deal with it. No? Playing for story, not graphics. <laughs> I just like... For- I, I watch Back to Future for one reason, for Doc Brown to say 1.21 gigawatts. That's it. <laughs> you hear like- that a couple times. Okay, I'll play it. I'll buy it right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, I want to click on buy right now, but I'm recording. I really don't want to bog down my my internet by downloading a game, but I really want to click buy. It's it's uh, going to go back up to fifty million dollars in twenty minutes after we're done. So I know. it'll be the bad time. <laughs> it goes up to like fifty bucks. Like we just realized we were giving this game away. We are crazy. <laughs> what else you guys got for us? Only the greatest thing to ever come out of the city of Detroit. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Every uh, single time. Well, it's either that or Barry Sanders is the, one of the greatest things to ever come out of Detroit. But it's RoboCop. <laughs> oh, man. RoboCop, the first RoboCop. The the best out of the entire trilogy, hands down. Oh, yeah. Alex no, no question. Yeah. We, we, um, we're, it's just, I'm blown away at the fact that I watched this as a young kid. And there was like never any question, you know. I'm like seven, eight years old, and my dad's like, "Here, watch RoboCop. It's got boobs and explosions, and people being blown apart. It is the most violent movie I've seen in like my life. I swear this. The scene where they, I mean, this is not a spoiler. This movie's twenty some years old. When they just pump the main character full of holes and blow his hand off at point range with a shotgun, it's Red Foreman of all people doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, and, and and I thought this was awesome. It did not traumatize me oh, one bit. God. Oh no! Murphy takes at least, and I mean at least, fifty rounds to the chest, and the man is still standing up. <laughs> I mean, how is that possible? That, he, they got to pump a bullet in his brain, and he's still alive. That for yeah, that first I remember watching that as a kid. That first scene where he gets blasted, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, when he, when he loses his hand, that that grossed me out. Uh, I guess everyone was just doing too much cocaine to uh, to fall down. <laughs> If you want to know the only thing that traumatized me more as a kid was the lady with three boobs from Total Recall. That was awesome. That was traumatizing. It was like, why why God don't I have more than two hands? (laughs) And the way that Murphy's screaming when he's getting shot, it's like that, oh, yeah, constipation sound that you make when you're on the toilet. Yeah, it was the same same, soundbite they played in Bloodsport and like 50 other 80s action movies. (laughs) Oh, uh, you talk about people getting blown away, Gooch, when the Ed 209 just completely blows away. Uh, one of the, uh, I guess one of the accountants or the the PR guys for um, Omnicorp. Yeah, he was like trying to demo the unit. And he puts a yeah. gun in the guy's hand, and I mean it's it's cheesy '80s special effects. This thing is like a claymation <laughs> aluminum foil robot, and it, it doesn't look scary by today's standards. But you just gotta imagine like if it was real. He puts a gun in this guy's hand, and the robot's like, you know, stop! I will arrest you. And it's supposed to have restraint, but instead it just completely <clears throat> obliterates the guy. With, I mean, 
thousands upon thousands of bullets, and there's just gallons of blood oozing from him, more than any human body actually <laughs> contains. It's like the blood from Nightmare on Elm Street when Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed. It's like mm-hmm. the old faithful blood just shooting out <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> oh, man. And everyone just oozes gallons of blood. It's like just meat and blood, that movie, you know, with robots in between. Yes. The director had come out and said he wanted to make Robocop completely over the top, completely just almost like stupid zombie type gore. And that is exactly what he accomplished with Robocop. Well, he had the, he had the one guy that was kind of like the motorcycle villain uh, towards the end, get dumped with toxic waste and then splattered by a car like in the steel mill. Yeah, so. he turns into like Swamp Thing or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they definitely went with the zombie gore there. <laughs> oh, he just like, he doesn't just like, he almost like, Splatters. I guess yeah, splatters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such uh, such a good movie. I remember um, it was like fifth or fourth or fifth grade. Uh, I was over at my friend's house and we had rented that movie, and we were so obsessed with uh, how many times they dropped the f bomb in it that uh, we started counting. And in in the scene where uh, one of the first guys at RoboCop arrests as a as a you know, as a cyborg cop or whatever, and not not Murphy. I think that the the in like a two or three minute scene, this guy drops like twenty one f bombs. Is what I think we came up with because <laughs> as little kids, we were like, "This is the best thing ever! We can't believe it. we got this movie rented for us. This is awesome." So uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. That movie is just fantastic. Uh, uh, did you guys know it was nominated for two Oscars in nineteen eighty eight? No. That just shows you how movies have changed. (laughs) Yeah, best film editing and best sound. It was like it wasn't best actors or you know best use of uh, blood packets, which I think it should have won. But it was really crazy. Like I did not know that. IMDb for the win. Top theme song. The theme song is amazing. Oh, it's it's classic eighties. Classic 80s. I can play that melody on the guitar. <laughs> I remember learning how to teaching myself how to play that when I was uh, first learning guitar. It's like picking through that melody. Uh, it's awesome. It's the kind of it's the kind of theme song that'll get completely stuck in your head, like a Star Wars or a Superman or something like that. It's up there with uh, a John Williams type theme. He didn't do that though. Do you guys know who composed that? I don't think it was John Williams. Uh, no. It I have was no idea. Composed by. Well, it's actually composed by three people. Basil Holdoris? I'm probably saying that name wrong, uh, name wrong but <laughs> close enough. <laughs> it was also conducted by Howard Blake and uh, Tony Britton. But no, it was not John Williams. Gotcha, gotcha. But cool. it's, it's epic enough to be a John Williams. Movie. It is. It really is. They did a, a great job with that score. and It's just, it's an awesome movie. If, if anybody hasn't seen the first RoboCop, go watch it. It, it has aged... Uh, Terribly, but in a beautiful way. Uh, it really takes you back to the 80s. Uh, now, I'd funny. heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember Jerry Terrifying talking about this, that they were going to be building like a statue or they were going to make a statue of Robocop to put in the, the real city of Detroit. I've heard yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be crushing Eminem under his foot. Is he like standing next to Barry Sanders, like giving him like a high five? That's right. Wait, stop talking about Barry Sanders, man. I'm a Lions fan. Dude, Barry I Sanders is the bomb. I'm not. I'm not about the dog in the man. He's awesome. No, I, I, I still miss him. So it's sad to even think about. 
<laughs> oh man, I think there's like a video uh, of Peter Weller actually talking about the statue, like his video petition, if you will, to the to the mayor. You know, kind of being like, you know, blah 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 blah. You know, I'm Peter Weller. I'm awesome. I kick ass. Make a statue. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> People it's like, on who's YouTube. Peter Weller on RoboCop? Oh, RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy. What if the, the RoboCop statue just changed Detroit completely? The economy totally bounced back everything after they put that in. It would. I think that's why they're going to do it. It <laughs> would fix everything. Yes. <laughs> that, would you go to Detroit to see the statue? I would, actually. I go to Detroit uh, several times a year anyways to go uh, see Tigers game or Lions game or uh, go to a concert, so... If if I knew that there was actually a statue there, I would definitely go pose for a picture with it. No question. And actually, if I were you guys, I'd drive all the way through the state of Ohio to get up to Michigan just to have my picture taken with Rob. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with Scott on that one. <laughs> I don't know. Detroit's not so bad. I've been – it's got a deservedly bad rap, but, I mean, all big cities kind of suck like that, so – if they got RoboCop, definitely make the trip. I, I would. I think I would too, at least once. I mean, at least if it was like in a bad part of the city. I mean, we kind of just drive around it and then take a quick, little, you know, a quick couple of snapshots and then zoom my butt out of Detroit as fast as I can. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's all kind of the bad part, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's but. Funny. But it's still, I love it. So. Um, now you're starting to like Louisville now, Louisville, Kentucky, being like the worst city in the world. Good old Louisville. I used to, I used to have a lot of friends that lived down there, and they've all moved away from it. So maybe that indirectly speaks for for uh, for validating that. And it's like, yeah, maybe Louisville's not so great anymore. I don't know. They they escaped with their lives. I've only ever driven through it. I've never actually hung out in Louisville much. I just know they've got like a Six Flags and then the university, and that's about it. Yeah. Actually, I think the Six Flags is shut down right now. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Lack of funding. RoboCop blasted it out of the water. That's right. No competition. <laughs> Protecting Cedar Point. That's right. And then Barry Sanders came down and ran over it. Oh, man. Dude, have you any – I know that we're, like, not talking about video games at all, but has anybody <laughs> – have any of you guys seen Barry Sanders' kid, uh, Barry Sanders Jr., his high school highlight film? It's oh, nuts. Oh, a freak. It looks just like his dad. I'm, so yeah. if you're obsessed with football – just Google Barry Sanders Jr. It's pretty impressive what that kid's doing. I think he's going to end up at Nebraska, but uh, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, if you like Barry Sanders, man, go 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 YouTube his kid. It's pretty incredible. He's really good. <laughs> and then drive to Detroit and see the RoboCup statue once it gets built. Yes. <laughs> and then you're golden. Then you're good. So Your life's complete. <laughs> Well, before I uh, before I start talking about uh, my little section of the week, do you guys have anything else that you want to add about RoboCop? Uh, Kirkwood, Kirkwood Smith could be the greatest villain of all time. <laughs> is he, uh, is that... That's right. Here at Classic Elite, we laugh in the face of violence. Oh, that's when Ronnie Cox gets shot out of the window and he just like <laughs> basically just lands like on the ground, like you know, hundred stories up in the air. I did have plans to be productive after we record, but I think I'm gonna watch RoboCop on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I uh, 
I can't buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Absolutely. You can get it at local Walmart for a dollar. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess that wraps up the RoboCop discussion. I'll uh, I'll jump into my little section here, and then we'll get to uh, – you know what? Actually, let's take the jukebox break right now, and then I'll come back and talk about some uh, some news that I have. I've got a question for everybody, and I played a game all weekend on Super Nintendo, so – We'll be back after the jukebox break. If you have a guess of what it is, please write in at uh, goochinthedouchebag at gmail.com or classicleet at gmail.com with your guess. And last week, you all guessed correctly, uh, it was was the RoboCop theme from the NES. So uh, congratulations. I know VK got it for sure uh, off the top of my head, but uh, I'd have to go back through the rest of the comments. But we didn't have any incorrect guesses, which is sweet. So... We'll be right back uh, after the jukebox break. All right, so if you have any guesses with the jukebox break, again, write in at uh, classicelite at gmail.com or gooch at gmail.com. So, guys, uh, I have to talk a little bit about some news that uh, was released yesterday, and it has me very excited since I'm the only one left in in the community that still likes the Nintendo Wii, and it is the fact that Skyward Sword is coming out in November. I believe it's November 20th of 2011, and I'm going to buy a Wii Motion Plus controller uh, so that I can have it for the game and buy this game day one. I can't wait for it. I will probably be the only one out of the four of us that actually play Skyward Sword, so I will be giving you guys plenty of updates on how that's coming along, but definitely wanted to let everyone know that November November 20th is when the game will be released, which is exciting because there's been talks about it for quite a while now, and if you like Zelda a lot, then this is a game that you've really been looking forward to, especially since the Twilight Princess came out, I don't know, like 04, 05, something like that. So it's been quite a while since there's been a a Zelda game. So I'm really excited about it. Just wanted to let everyone know. And uh, this weekend, I actually played a ton of F-Zero. And is this a game that, that you guys played a lot? Gucci, you had a Super Nintendo. Did you play it much? No? Gucci had a Genesis, actually. Oh, Gooch was a Genesis? Uh, yeah, I did SNES and the Genesis. You did? Okay, I got it. <laughs> I played it every now and then. It um, it was one of those games I wanted to play with, with buddies. I was kind of bored playing by myself, but if, I, if at least I had another person to play with, it was it was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, no, Actually, that's what, what I wanted to talk about, is this is a game that, even though it has no multiplayer actually built into the game, is this a single-player game? It's uh, an amazing game to play in a co-op way, and what my buddy and I did was we would actually take turns uh, trying to beat each level of the... uh, uh, Yeah, and that's the best way to play it, and old retro games, that's really the most fun way to actually get through a lot of them. Uh, I've talked at length about Mega Man being played in this style with uh, my dad and I. And it's it's fun. It's a really good way to turn a single-player game into an experience for uh, two people. And I don't know, I was surprised at how much I got hooked on this game. Uh, for one, it, it came out in 91, so it's the game's about 20 years old, almost to the day of recording this. 
which is incredible because the game is gorgeous. Uh, it still looks really good. So for being an earlier a launch title for the Super Nintendo, it's aged incredibly well. It's a pseudo 3D style. It looks 3D. They they do things that make you think that you're actually moving forward. But if you watch someone else play, it's really creative the way that they did the level design and the artwork to actually give you that feel. Uh, and, and I remember as a kid this being in like a kiosk at a Walmart or uh, you know at a Target or whatever and just being blown away because this was coming from Rad Racer for me. So this was a gigantic step up. Now, I only ever played with the Blue Falcon, who was uh, the first car that you can get. It's kind of the most balanced car. Uh, in the Super Nintendo version, uh, the very first one, you can select one of four vehicles. And one thing about the game which actually surprised me is that uh, it was actually produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. I had no idea that he was actually involved in the project, but it makes a lot of sense because it actually is a very creative game, and uh, it was very innovative for the time. Uh, also, anytime that Shigeru Miyamoto seems to be involved in a game, even though he's not a composer, he always seems to bring in excellent music uh, or musicians and always has really good soundtracks, and this is definitely a game that's no exception. And again, the biggest issue with the game is that there is no split-screen multiplayer, so you can't really race your buddy. Uh, now, I, I did some Googling because I could have sworn that it actually had multiplayer. Yeah, I for some, I for some reason remember a screenshot of that, I thought. Yeah, bo- both my friend and I thought we remembered it, and we did some Googling, and it's not the case. You can actually uh, find some mods online and have a split screen uh, in a in an emulator, but unfortunately, that's the only way to play split-screen co-op is with an emulator, so that kind of stinks. But this is a game that that Tony, you actually found for me for $2. So I've been playing it on the Retron 3 on the, uh, you know, with the original cart and all of that, so I would definitely recommend playing it in that manner. It's a lot more fun that way. Dude, that that boggles my mind. I swear I can see that screenshot of it being split-screen. That's what we thought, and and we have no idea why, why we weren't able to, uh, why we all remember it being split-screen. Maybe it's just because Every other game seemed to have it, and so yeah, just kind that of might be it. So I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty incredible, and the thing is, is it does have a lot of tracks involved. There's uh, I think 15 total tracks uh, spread out among three different leagues, and that's knight, king, and queen leagues. So considering that it's a uh, such an old game, there was actually a lot of courses. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I definitely want to give a quick shout out to uh, Grilled Monkey Fat on YouTube because he did a really, really good retrospective of the F Zero series, and that's where I got a lot of this information. So if I'm wrong, uh, please blast uh, Grilled Monkey Fat and Wikipedia. It was not my fault. So, but anyways, have you, play, have you played GX for the GameCube? No, I have not, but I watched a video on it, and it looks awesome. The Nintendo 64 one looked really good, too. F-Zero X something? Not GX, just X something. Maybe it's just F-Zero X. I don't know. I think it's just F-Zero X. But yeah. that game looked really good, too. So uh, definitely impressive. So, yeah, definitely everyone check out uh, F-Zero for the regular Super Nintendo and find someone to uh, to try to beat the game with because it's insanely difficult as well. Uh, but it's fun. So I was also at uh, GamingBolt.com, 
Uh, I found the the article on LinkedIn, or not LinkedIn. Nah, Jesus, it's like I'm at work. I actually found it at <laughs> Dig.com, and uh, through uh, through. I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. It was a really interesting article, and I'm not going to critique this guy's list because it's his own personal opinion. But it's actually a really enjoyable read, and what he did was that this author made uh, his seven, uh, his top seven Mario games of all time, and without going through the entire list, at number one he had Mario Galaxy as his favorite Mario game ever, and I think that it's pretty common that the consensus is between Super Mario Three and Super Mario World as the most popular or most beloved Mario games. So I want to ask you guys a question. Is there a particular uh, franchise or gaming series where your favorite isn't the most commonly favorite game or the uh, the most popular game? Like For example, I like Castlevania Lords of Shadow out of the Castlevania series that I've experienced. Now, I'm not a Castlevania diehard person. It's not really a series I've ever gotten into, but I really love Castlevania Lords of Shadow and wasn't expecting it. So even though I've tried some of the NES games, Lords of Shadow stands out for me as, as my favorite. And so I feel like I'm pretty much in the minority when it comes to actually liking that one as the best. And so, Tony, is there a particular series where your favorite isn't the consensus top pick? Yeah, I would um I I hate to abuse the Mario thing here, but uh you know, we've talked about this before and I think of like such a strong series like Mario. Um, you know, I was trying to think is it Zelda and I was like, "No, cuz I like Link to the Past and that's pretty, you know, pretty high on the list for most people." But in the Mario series, I like probably my favorite Mario is Mario 2. That's cool. And I, I know that that's really? not very popular. So, yeah. I know, that's not a that. bad game at all. It's, I love that game. A, I do too. It's more of a dark horse type of game because it was it was untraditional the Mario formula that we come to used to, but it was mm-hmm. it was so great at the same time. Yeah, even still to this day, I would say it's the most untraditional one. You know, even with some of the 3D additions, they still follow like kind of that same format. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mario Two is just so different. You know? Well, it's because it was the that game Doki Doki Panic, but it's still a Shigeru Miyamoto game. He still made Doki Doki Panic, and honestly, we've all played the Lost Levels before because we've all had the Super Mario All-Stars cart, and it's not even uh, close for me. Super Mario 2 is way better, in my opinion, than the actual real Super Mario 2 that came out in Japan. So, yeah, Tony, that's a good pick. Uh, what about you, DB? Uh, do you have a series like that? Yeah, I'm going to be kind of stretching in here a little bit. I was thinking of the Final Fantasy series. I know a lot of people will claim that Final Fantasy VII is probably their favorite out of all of them. For me, it's Final Fantasy IV. Four, or Final right. Fantasy II, as we came out in the SNES. A more traditional RPG-style play, kind of set back with like knots and a more magical use, not in a futuristic setting. There'll be a lot of people that'll probably agree with me too about Final Fantasy IV being the favorite. Where I guess we say more of the casual gamers that were getting introduced to RPGs will say Final Fantasy VII is the greatest game. It's like the holy grail of gaming. Uh, but for me, I'd probably say Final Fantasy IV. With the Mario series, I'd have to go with Mario 64. It was one of my big, big favorites. That you know, one that's was kind of a popular shocking. game too. 
Yeah, the first time I saw Mario 64, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Making that jump from 16-bit to actually a 64-bit system was unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, well, we've had a, a little bit of technical difficulties, and so hopefully we have Gooch back. Gooch, you, still, you there, Ben? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm not Man, sure if it, you... It's weird. It happens, dude. <laughs> it's free recording software, so it is, you get what you pay for, right? Right. But uh, did you hear the question? Is there a franchise that you really like a lot that your uh, your favorite out of the franchise isn't the most popular game? Yeah, I'm a, I'm always a, a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan, no matter what he does, despite how bad it actually gets. And yes, I'm looking <laughs> at you, Sonic and the Black Knight. But uh, my favorite Sonic game is actually not the uh, the classic 2D games from the Genesis. I'm a real big fan of Sonic Adventure 2. Like, ever since I got that demo with uh, Fantasy Star uh, Online version 2, I think it was, I love that game so much. Like, I think the grind mechanic was the best thing they added to the uh, 3D Sonic games. My favorite Sonic game from the Sonic series, Sonic CD on the Sega CD. I've heard a lot of people put that as their favorite. Love that game. (laughs) I've never played it, and I love Sonic, so I, I, I need to, but... Getting a working Sega CD just sounds like too much hassle than it's than it's worth. Now, Scott, are you a fan of the more retro style Sonic, like Sonic One, Sonic Two, on the Genesis? Yeah, oh yeah, de- definitely. Out of the Genesis Love ones, it. yeah, my favorites are probably Sonic One, and I actually really like Sonic and Knuckles a lot. I played a lot of Sonic and Knuckles, so uh, those are probably my two favorites. And a lot of people seem to like Sonic 2, and I never really got into that one as much. I always liked the first one a little better. So, Especially if you liking music, it, Sonic CD probably has one of the best soundtracks there is for all the Sonic games. So I think you you would enjoy it. Oh, there's no question. So if I ever stumble across a, a good deal on a Sega CD and that game is included, I will definitely get it. Because I've got the uh, the Generation 2 uh, Genesis now, and that's a lot more common of a Sega CD that that you run across versus like the giant DVD looking player that that would uh, attach to the bottom of an original uh, first generation Genesis. So yeah, since I have a Genesis that that's more compatible or or I guess more common with Sega CD, uh, then I definitely will keep an eye out for it, and if I run across it, I will get it without without even really thinking about it. So. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that that's all I wanted to talk about uh, for my section. So we have a uh, a deal a deal of the week, a question of the week to go over. Uh, DB, why don't you tell us about it? All right, this week's question of the week uh, brings back the stuff we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. What would you, the fans at home, like to see from the merger of GNDB Radio and Classic Elite besides splitting up? Ha ha ha. <laughs> or, <laughs> is that a girl's laugh? Yes, there you go. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> it's your best Mark Hamill uh, impression. Yes. Uh, so joke. yeah, uh, we're interested for some more feedback. So, uh, what would you guys like to see from uh, from all four of us hanging out? So yeah. That's right. hey, let's go around the horn real quick. Gooch, what would you like to see from the merger? Uh, I would like to get paid. I've been promised financial compensation for my time. No, I, I don't know. I just want to I want to have fun. It seems like our second episode, we're flowing a little better. And I just can't wait to hear, you know, let's say six months down the line, 
when our format could be completely different. And we just, you know, like we can't believe how far we've come. You know, I can't wait till we reach that point. And it's just going to happen naturally. Scott, what do you want to see from the merger? I'm looking forward to seeing how it evolves. For me, just having uh, all four of us on the same team really has re-energized me. Uh, it really is going to break up the uh, the format that, that Tony and I had going, so there's going to be a lot different things for, for me to talk about. I'll be expanding a little bit outside of my little retro world, which I'm really excited about, and... Uh, one of the things I'll, I'll be honest that I'm really looking forward to is how much easier this is going to be on all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. the, we're not going to run into a situation anymore where a a cast is skipped for a week or months in your guys's case <laughs> because like schedules won't coordinate. There's going to be times where there's only going to be two or three out of the four of us doing a show, and then we'll be bringing in some of our other friends as well. I'm just looking forward to the fact that each week is going to bring something completely different. So I think that that's going to be pretty cool uh, going forward. What about you, Tony? Um, well, one thing I'm nervous about is the night that only Gooch is the one that's able to record by himself. And it's just him <laughs> and his sound bites. <laughs> so, I can't wait. We're like, and Gooch will be the one, what do you think about that RoboCop guy? And he'll be, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> episode that you know builds his ego in the world thing he's like this guy agrees with everything so. <laughs> <laughs> episode uh, 73 anyways. gooch in the soundboard yes so. <laughs> I, wait. I, but, I did not think of this <laughs> i'd buy that for a dollar edition <laughs> yes it'd be the only one we only episode we ever charged for uh-huh <laughs> so, but I, like royalties in all honesty, I'm looking forward to uh, just a, a lot of the improvements I think that are going to happen. I think, you know, I, I you know, from talking with GNDB and, and also with Scott uh, before we merged, it's just, you know, there's just a lot going on. And it'd be so great if we could cover more content and just expand out, you know. And so I think that that having all four of us here, um, I feel like all four of us are, you know, professional. We like to have fun. Um, and you know, we, we're passionate about gaming and fit it into our life as much as possible. And so I think just having that is going to produce a lot more, uh, high quality and a lot more, uh, quantity content. And so I think it's going to be good for all of us. So, yeah. Awesome. So DB, DB, what, what are you looking forward to, man? What all you guys just said, all three of you combining into one, that's, I don't think I can add to it, maybe with the exception of just seeing how far this is going to go. And I think it's, like I said, it's it's going to be something truly awesome. Well, I, it's fun. It's definitely, it, it's different. It's really cool. And, and for those of uh, you that are interested, we have a blast doing this. It's really, really a lot of fun. So uh, anyone that listens, we, we definitely appreciate it because – it's like you're hanging out with us. Uh, the four of us really enjoy just making jokes and, and talking about video games. So it'll be pretty cool. Well, we have uh, some some mail to get to. Uh, you guys have a little backlog that, that we'll get to here in a second. And we did have a, a legitimate piece of fan mail uh, from our, our friend Kevin at the Pair Nerds. Um, he writes in and says, hello all. Uh I'm not entering the contest, but want to answer the question. Uh, what game would I recommend for a first-time gamer? Well, hmm. Sorry, I was unprepared for this question. 
I would have to say Tetris for the NES. It's simple, addicting, and just fun. The music is fantastic, and if you beat the game, the Nintendo mascots are all there. Uh, then the first-time player will ask, who are those guys? And then you tell them, and then they will try out other Nintendo games. Also, Scorpion will win. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think that was three Scorpions from last episode between Tony, myself, and Kevin. Uh, and Kevin says he basically is the living, uh, living dead sort of not really. Uh, well, mm, uh, he's a mystery and deals with a lot of fire, and fire hurts a lot. Uh, great interview. I love the cast. Bacon-flavored Kevin. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> I think the most important part of this email is that we find out that Kevin does really sweat bacon. He does. Mm, uh, bacon. That's why ba- and that's why cigarettes are bacon-flavored. It's just... We- yes, yes. Women want him and men want to be him. They now, like here's bacon. the here's the question. Is it what we would consider Canadian bacon, or is it like our strips of bacon? Kevin, mm. you've got... Uh, we need more clarification. We need buddy. more clarification. <laughs> Each week, give us a piece of the puzzle that is Kevin. Um, we're getting closer to the truth of bacon. And his um, bacon-flavored treats. So, yeah. I can smell it. No pun intended. <laughs> How about so, turkey bacon? <laughs> it could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Kevin says Scorpion's going to win. And uh, uh, he's like you, Gooch. He says that he would go with a puzzle-type game like Tetris. I think... You suggested Bejeweled or any sort of a PopCap game, which is kind of cool. So uh, I definitely have to agree with that. And I was listening actually to Side Scrollers this morning, and uh, Sutter and Craig made a, a comment about someone making fun of the old brick NES. Uh, some some girl was saying that she had only played the Game Boy Advance and the gray brick sucks and that kind of stuff. And he said that he put Tetris in and just handed it to her, and he won. Because Tetris is just <laughs> unbelievable on the uh, original Game Boy. So, uh, yeah, very very cool stuff. I definitely think Tetris is a, an amazing pick for a first-time gamer. Easy to play, difficult to master. Ah, it's it's amazing. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. So, uh, DB, who's, uh, whose fan mail are you going to pick out this week from uh, your backlog? I have our massive backlog of mail we have here, and feel free to add to it at goochandthedouchebag at gmail.com, and we'll get to it maybe in the next year or so. <laughs> but anyways, this one is from Andy V., longtime listener, and Andy V. goes on to say that there are several games that he has inspired uh, to play from another game. The first one is Top Gear for the SNES. Uh, this game spiritually influenced him to get into the Gran Turismo series. Second, while playing Final Fa- uh, not Final Fantasy, but rather Fallout 3, and listening to some gamers lead him to play Bioshock 1 and 2. So through playing Fallout 3 and listening to some other podcasts, led him to play Bioshock 1 and 2. Thank you very much, Andy V, for the emails. And man, Fallout 3, awesome game, leading you into Bioshock 1 and 2. Cannot complain about those choices either. I gotta recommend the uh, the downloadable content for Bioshock 2 Minerva's Den. Even better than the original game. Just throwing it out there. Bam. Gooch, read me a, a message. Read it. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> now. yeah, now. <laughs> Kneel before, Kneel before, before DB. <laughs> um, so this one here is from Sam DB. Uh, not an email address that we are familiar with, but an emailer that we are familiar with. He says... Just got this new business email address and realized that my middle and last name initials look like Sam Douchebag. You should be honored. 
Um, anyway, I'm going to be buying my first ever Xbox 360 soon, and I was wondering what your top five games for that system would be. It would be great to finally play Mass Effect. Hoping you both had a fun Easter. Oh, my God, that's been a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Sam DB. <laughs> Ooh, do we each get to choose one of the games? Yeah, I think that would be great. Mention one or two games. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Can't you go first? Once you got it. Okay, uh, top five <laughs> games on the, let's see, uh, Crackdown 1, the first one, fantastic game, love it to pieces, and downloadable title, I'm going to throw it out there, get you guys with a curveball, um, Shadow Complex, mm, amazing good game. Good Nos, Nos. Yeah, top that. I'm glad you brought Shadow Complex back after choosing a suck-ass game like Crackdown. <laughs> what? I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> And it's down. I'm down with crack. Down. <laughs> oh, man. Um, for me, Alan Wake. Alan Wake, phenomenal, phenomenal mystery type mini horror game. I bought that, that. <clears throat> that was a Christmas present. That's right. right. <laughs> oh, and also Left 4 Dead. Got to get yourself an Xbox Live Gold account. Left 4 Dead, get three of the buddies. Awesome time of blasting zombies. Then go watch Zombieland. Just even get you more in the mood. Zombieland is so... What a cool movie. (laughs) Uh, For me, I think I'm going to have to go with... uh, For downloadable, I I really, really love Super Meat Boy. So I definitely will pick that. And I've mentioned it a million times before, but Batman uh, Arkham Asylum was really, really fun. Uh, And then, yeah, I'll go with those two, Sam. So I would recommend those. Tony, what about you? I'm going to say um, 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 no, just kidding. I'm going to say Gears of War 1. And I had another one that's slipping my mind. Um, Gears of War 1, I'll say, oh yeah, Halo Wars. I really enjoyed Halo Wars. So the, for me, it felt like the first real-time strategy game for a console that actually worked well. So Cool. I'm going to recommend those two. Bam. Good answers. All right. Well, what, uh, do you guys have another email? You got one last one you want to read this week? Yeah, I'll read one here from uh, Retro Kaiser. And he asks us, uh, you guys like anime, right? What anime based on a video game do you like or dislike? Man, I have nothing on on this one. <laughs> I. And you hear the crickets in the background. Yeah. I... <laughs> I'll yeah, go with that independent Sailor Moon game that uh, we we interviewed at GlassCon. That that guy, I'll go with that one. I have no idea. <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank here too. You're oh man, guys, you're letting me down. What about uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth on the Sega Saturn? That's what it was. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't think yeah. of it. That's a That's really a good, good one. Yeah, okay. it's great. It's it's expensive. I sold it to uh, uh, Electronics Boutique for fifty cents when I was a kid. <laughs> yep. Kid you not. Now it's like two hundred bucks on eBay, give or take. I was like, dude, what are you doing, dude? It's fifty cents. I'm like, you paid like sixty bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted games, but yeah, that was a really good anime based game. Also, uh, that Afro Samurai. I played through that a while back, and that's actually not too bad on the Xbox 360. Cool. So throwing out a couple. Nice, nice. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, guys, we can't really add to that. Only Gooch can. Uh, do, you have, do you have anything else in that email? 
Oh, there's tons more, but uh, Goose, unless you want to read one, we can save another one for next week. Uh, oh, no, I, I meant did Kaiser have any more in his Oh, no, that was it. I'm sorry, Kaiser. He just got bagged, I guess. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that'll be uh, – that'll. I'm sure that'll be one of the suggestions, bring back the bag segment. Ooh, that'd be a good suggestion. If only, uh, if only we can get Josh to actually uh, have the sound effect prepared. He, he can kneel before Zod left and right, but uh, heaven forbid he has the uh, bag segment queued up, right? Oh, you just uh, my my program just crashed. If you give me like two seconds, <laughs> see times like ten. Case and point right here. Okay, what if we change it to Zod mail? Then every time we read a message and kneel before Zod. The Zod man. You know what? I love the on-air brainstorming. I actually love that idea. So we'll see. We'll see if it sticks. <laughs> Either it's funny right now, or it's just I'm so tired and slap happy. I'm just thinking everything's funny. Dude, just to I'm, keep the show flowing, let's talk about RoboCop again. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. All right. <laughs> we yeah. should quit while we're ahead. Future the soundboard is the best. So, that's right. You know what? I I think that's gonna take care of. We're on episode sixty three, right? So that takes care of uh, <laughs> episode sixty three uh, of, of Classic Leap, and we're here with uh, myself, Tony, uh, Gooch, and the douchebag. And uh, for for more content on us, please visit our respective YouTube channels. Um, backslash it, it, Gucci and the Douchebag, that's your channel, right? Or is it just uh, yeah, Douchebag? Yeah. That's right, all one word. And uh, ours is Classic Leet, where you can also see reviews done by Gucci and Douchebag. And uh, both of our websites are still up. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, all that fun stuff, Twitter. And just want to say a quick thank you very much again to Gustav from Gamersgate. Uh, everyone, please go download Back to the Future because it's only $10 right now. Uh, be like me and download it. And uh want to say thank you very much to Hapog and Aver Media as well. Uh, fantastic supporters of the show, and we couldn't have the quality that we did without it. And also big, big thank you to uh, Trivers over at Scenic 7. Uh, there's a big ad for Classic Elite uh, with the uh, Skewden Reviewed um, magazine. So... Uh, everyone, please go check that out. We'll, we'll put a link to the uh, the magazine as well. So, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. We're really looking forward to your feedback, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>